Hey, this is a Hakawati production. Hey, you guys, we're talking about something everyone loves today. Let's see if you can guess what it is. Some people have a love hate relationship with it, some people like to make it, and others only like to consume it. Well, if you haven't guessed already, I'm talking about food, of course. On the show today, we have Donald Batal, the founder of Ministry of Food, a restaurant management company which operates Classic Burger Joint, a fast food restaurant that has franchises in Kuwait, Cyprus, Lebanon, Iraq, and the UAE, and Tomatomatic, which has six locations across Lebanon. Welcome to the men's room, Donald. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So you oversee a lot of restaurants. You're uh, the founder of Ministry of Food. Yes. Um, your life must be pretty hectic, right? Actually, it's uh, it's fun. It's we we call restaurant business the fun business. How many restaurants do you oversee? We oversee more than 30 branches. We oh. have two brands. We have Classic Burger Joint, which our which is our main brand, and we have another brand which is a pizza delivery concept called Tomatomatic. And what does your typical day look like? I start early. Usually, I start very early. Let's say at 8 a.m., just pass by the office, have my coffee, meet with the HODs, and then uh, run a few emails, uh, check some new samples, uh, check check some uh, new ideas, and then I jump into the branches. I spend most of my time on the ground. So the the classic burger joints that are in other countries like Kuwait and Cyprus, they're franchises, right? Yes. So how involved are you in those operations? Is it just a license that you give to people who are operating the restaurants? It's a franchise agreement that we give only to restaurant operators. So we don't give the franchise to non-restaurant operators. We choose people who have already restaurants in their countries, who excelled already and who liked our brand. And then we give them the rights of franchise. Basically, they run their operation from A to Z. We support them with the R&D. We support them with the training. And we oversee their operation either through field visits. We visit the countries at least two to three times a year. And we're in daily contact with them. We update them with all our news, with all the new things that we're doing. And we check uh, with them uh, anything they might need. Okay, so for those who don't know a classic burger joint, explain the concept. Okay, it's typically a burger place where we serve burgers and fries. This is how we started since 2010. These are the two main ingredients on our menu. Definitely, since uh, it's now we'll be almost grilling since 10 years, we have some add-ons on the menu, like few salads, like few other items. But to explain it, we're a burger joint that we ser- where we serve only burgers and fries. Okay. Simply. Um, and then you have Tomatomatic. Yes, which is a pizza delivery concept. We don't only ha- delivery? Only delivery. We don't have any dining experience. We started as a dining experience and we discovered by mistake that our product is purely made for delivery. That's why we turned Tomatomatic into a pure delivery concept. We have around seven branches in Beirut and we just started in Dubai and Abu Dhabi next month. So what makes a great pizza, for example? A pizza is uh, enjoyed uh, in two experiences. Either you go enjoy it into a restaurant, and in my opinion, it has to be uh, baked in a wood fire oven. And this Are is tomatomatic pizzas? No, tomatomatic is a delivery pizza so concept. So it's not baked in a... No, it's baked on a conveyor oven, okay. which makes the dough uh, more enjoyable after being served to you to your house after 20 minutes. Okay. So if I serve you a wood-baked pizza, it would it would reach you really moist and uh, very... Rubbery? Uh, not even rubbery, extremely uh, wet. Soft. Extremely wet okay, and soft. Okay, soggy. 
Soggy pizza. Exactly. Nobody likes soggy pizza. So we got inspired from Pizza Hut and Domino's, which are the two biggest uh, pizza chains in the world. And we decided to turn Tomatomatic into a pure delivery concept. Okay. What makes what makes our pizza special? Yes. We use local ingredient. We source all our ingredients locally for Tomatomatic. Everything, including everything the flour, from A to Z. Wow. Everything is locally sourced, and this okay. is what helps us in franchising in other countries. So operators who buy from us a franchise, they don't have any concern of having high food costs or not available ingredients. So you ship all the ingredients. No, we, when from we sell here? a franchise to mm-hmm. a new country, they can source locally their ingredients. They don't need to from act, their own country. Yes, from their own country. Oh, really. This is the beauty of Doesn't the Doesn't it make it difficult to do quality control? Not really, because we have a very, very good training system and we have very good... So- and our recipes are extremely simple. I can give you the recipe right now and you can do it in your home. Okay. But what makes it different with Please us... Please do. Let's, let's uh, post it We have very high-end uh, convection ovens where yeah. they bake the pizza extremely perfectly and yeah. which makes it last longer to stay crunchy and hot. And the ingredients that we use, we always use premium ingredients. And we have an amazing team who is very well trained that can uh, ensure every pizza is baked perfectly. And then what makes a great burger? I mean, they can vary so much. You have burgers. Um, Actually, you you have a lot of good burgers. It's very rare to have a bad burger. Really? Yes. What we I say, wouldn't know. I don't eat meat these days. But, we uh, have burgers for you. We have quinoa, uh, quinoa yes. patty burgers. We have burgers with that. fries. Now we're trying to bring the beyond uh, patties, if you heard about the yes. base, base, uh, vegetable-based uh, patties. We brought some samples and we did some tests. They're really good. Okay. So going back to burgers, burgers yes. usually are very good. It depends how much you pay for a burger. If you're paying right. $50 for a burger, you expect to have an amazing burger, an unforgettable burger. You expect to have the best meat, the best ingredient. Ever. If you pay $2 for a burger, it will be good. You're paying $2 at the end. So you think a two, even a $2 burger is good? Yes, even $1. You, you know you have $1 burgers. Where is that? Everywhere, really? even here in Beirut. It depends on the size, the slider. Yeah. So the price defined how good the burger is. The quality. Is. There's yeah. actually a $5,000 burger at yes, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, uh, Wagyu beef and foie gras with shaved black truffles. True. I might eat that. I was going to try it last year. <laughs> you were going to try it? Really? Yes. What stopped you? Uh, the cost? The $5,000 uh, price tag? Yeah. yeah. You could split it like 10 ways. Exactly. Even then. I don't know. Um, So we're going to play a little game now since you're so proud of your food. I'm going to blindfold you. And our producer, Donatella, is going to bring in two kinds of French fries. I love French fries. So I know you've played this game before on TV with burgers. But, you know, nobody cares about French fries. But French fries are really important. They are the second most ingredient in a burger after the patties. They're so... I love French fries. So you're going to try French fries from Classic Burger Joint. And you're going to try french fries from Burger King. And you're going to, of course, guess which ones are yours, which I'm assuming will be easy. And uh, I would love if you could describe it to me and, and tell us how you think they've been prepared, the type of oil that's been used, um, what makes them unique and, and recognizable. Okay. So let's. Uh, I'm going to step over right here and blindfold you. So no cheating. And then Donatella... There you go. Okay. Can you see anything? No. Is it too tight? No, it's okay. good. <laughs> no Left and right? Yes, okay. Okay. Wait a second. Mm. Yeah. Uh, should I remove this? That's oh, fine. Okay. okay. So, this is the first one, and this is the second one. Okay. 
I, I start? Yes. Okay. All right, whichever so ones you I'm want gonna first. So I'm going to grab two pieces of the left side french fries. French fries in general are really good. Definitely. Definitely these are cold. <laughs> are you going to eat like no, 20 of them before you, no, you explain two. which ones mm. they are? Because they're so good. What do you think? They're good. Which which ones are those? Okay, let's see. Let's try Let's the try other both. One. These looks a little bit more fresh. Fresher? Not frozen. Ah, interesting. And with some signature spices. Okay. Which is supposed to be classic. Mm-hmm. And these are supposed to be Burger King, as you said, it's classic or Burger King. So, these the, are softer. Yeah, softer. These, yes, they are softer. Do you mean like the inside and the outside? Or? Yes, they got uh, they got cold. Yeah. So it's not uh, and it's not any more uh, hard. Crispy. Yes. Not yeah. They're, they're, you have some crispiness, but it's softer. Once they sit there for a few minutes, yes. yeah. These are a little bit drier, but both are good. Both are good. Mm. I can enjoy both of them. Yeah. It's hard to find a bad French fry. Very hard. Unless well, you have bad oil, unless you have... Yeah, um, so can you tell what kind of oil they're fried in? Usually I'm not uh, an oil expert, mm -hmm. but I can tell you if an oil is uh, bad or good. Both are fried in What uh, kind good of oil, oil do you use at CBJ? We use shortening oil at the moment. Okay. And these, I guess, they are used in uh, also shortening oil, but uh, the solid one. Do you want to do you want to stick the blindfold yes. off or do you want to keep it? I can remove it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So there are some that spices on yours. That was easy because yeah, we have spices easy. on our yeah. fries. What kind of spices? It's a it's a secret recipe actually where we put some paprika, some oregano, well, some salt. Well, it's not salt, a secret anymore. But you have three other ingredients that are secret. Okay. Oh, three ingredients that are secret. So I have to guess. So basically, CBJ is all about uh, classic burgers, but you've introduced some creative uh, recipes. I was looking at the menu, like a Polynesian chicken burger, which has a sweet and spicy sauce. You have a salmon filet burger. Do you feel like um, you're always under pressure to update your menus and um, add things that are original and new to keep customers coming in? Actually, if you talk to uh, experienced restaurateurs, they tell you that most of the sales come from 80% of star items. Star items, by definition, are highly demanded items and they are highly profitable. So the 20% is left for adding new item and creativity and keeping things up to date. Mm. So whatever we create, and actually it's the truth at Classic, 80% of our sales are made from three or four burgers, which are the Classic and the Classic Cheese and the Mexican and the Swiss Mushroom. Okay, and Mexican all... is a Classic Burger now. Sorry? Mexican, Mexican is a Classic Burger? Mexican is a Classic burger? Cheese with uh, the spicy option. Okay, that's interesting. That's a Middle Eastern thing that you guys love. Like Yes, either we call it Mexican roads or call it Cuban. So yeah. uh, all the all the new item constitutes 20% of our sales. Okay. So we, kept, we keep doing new items just to keep uh, if you, reasons to communicate and yes. to attract people to come and try. That makes Most, sense. Exactly. 
So most people, especially in Lebanon, you serve most of the time Lebanese. You don't have expats, you don't yeah. have tourists. The tourists and the expats constitute 10% of our market share. Okay. So we have the same, same, same people serving serving the same food for them. Lebanese don't like to change much. They like to go try. Mm. And we Is go it the buy. same in other Middle Eastern countries? Actually, in Kuwait, we have to be very creative, extremely creative. That's why in Kuwait, where the R&D works more than Beirut. Really? We have to continuously introduce new items mm. or new forms. We introduced recently the skillets. Skillets are burgers served without buns oh. on an iron skillet. Amazing. We introduce uh, the Kuwaiti burger. Okay. which is made from pulled lamb meat just to customize, to localize the, the brand with, uh, in Kuwait. Mm. For example, in Cyprus, we have an operation also. We have the halloumi burger. You know, Cypriots like a lot the halloumi. Mm. We, we localize the brand on each country or city we try to open in. That sounds really good. Um, well, well, since we're talking about trends, there is a big trend right now towards um, plant-based diets. True. Um, and there's a big backlash against meat, especially factory farming. The stats are pretty stark. Agriculture is, uh, you know, meat, uh, agriculture is responsible for up to 30% of all greenhouse gas emissions, 40% of global la land use, and 70% of freshwater use. Around 90% of fish stocks, we're not necessarily, but are either fully fished or overfished. So you talk about salmon and, and other fish. And even they're trying to do now uh, plant-based fish patties. Yeah. The impossible. Uh, yeah, oh, they are? Yes, they're working now on the I new mean, recipe. their burgers are insane. I've tasted tried them. It? It's like, and there's a few companies making uh, fake burgers that are just, you would never guess. Like, yes. Right? It You've tried them. Yes, we tried them. We have some samples. We'd like to try them this week. I, I, I would love to try them as well. Okay. And I would buy them, and I'm sure they'd be very popular. Because everyone's talking about it. If you've tried it, it's just so impressive. Uh, so basically, producing a single kilo of beef requires over 15,000 liters of water. If you think about it, that's insane, like over the life of the animal. Um, do you ever, um, like in the UK, actually, they're changing the laws and, and they're legally committed to zero net emissions. So they're encouraging people to eat less meat. Um, they're encouraging a flexitarian diet. So do you ever feel that you are contributing to this um, environmental problem, number one? And number two, are you fearful that the, because the trend is changing that your business will suffer because of it? Okay. I'll start by answering you on the first question. Yes. Since we started the brand, actually we opened on April's Fools 2010. Oh. And we try to be extremely environmentally friendly. That's why we try to use recycled napkins. Even if you go to our restrooms, we don't have a toilet to dry your hands. We have air dryers. Okay. As much as we can. You recycle napkins? We use recycled na napkins. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really impressive. <laughs> Not yet. Hope we reach that level. Put your cup so. here and your dirty napkin in this bucket. <laughs> here <laughs> and even all our restrooms we have air dryers okay. we don't have. and we try as much as we can to to be environmentally friendly being afraid of the new changes actually that's why i started the classic classic is a brand that can adapt to any changes so if we're going to change it from meat to plant-based we have all the setup we just need to change it Simply, we just remove the meat and we mm. put the plant-based patties. And that's basically what you're doing by introducing quinoa burgers. Exactly. And looking the at the challenge in Beirut that the demand is still too shy. Mm. 
Yeah. We were the first people to introduce quinoa patties and veggie patties since five years. Are they popular? They're not popular. They don't do yet more than three to four percent. Wow. People are discovering that, but till today, and we were very aggressive on introducing it. People are discovering it slowly, slowly. But mm-hmm. the demand on plant-based uh, patties is still not high. But we're ready for it. And actually, yeah. uh, we're waiting for it. Yeah. You think it's going to happen soon? It's going to take some time, but it's mm-hmm. going to grow. Year Do you after advertise year. a lot? In general, we had recently were advertising only on social platforms. Okay. We're not a big believer of spending a lot of money on uh, billboards and campaign. Mm-hmm. We prefer to keep our prices low. Instead of investing on advertising, we invest on our food cost and we try to sell burgers with high value, which means lower prices than the competition. And this is where we advertise. When you say the competition, who's your competition? Anyone who sells burger from McDonald's yeah. to a high-end restaurant that sells you a burger for, for anyone who will uh, take you away from our shop to try a burger, compete with us directly or indirectly. We love competition. We we try our competition on weekly basis, even on daily basis. I just passed by McDo before coming to you to try the new smoky chicken, which was very good. Mm. We try uh, any burger in any place. I've almost tried all the burgers in, on the state, in the state, in Europe. I tried burgers in, even in Macau, and in Philippines. And let's point out that you're very thin and you look very fit. So anyone who thinks that eating burgers... That's what you have to skip on the fries. Oh, Burgers are a complete meal. They're made yeah. from protein, carbs, and some veggies. It's a full healthy meal. Mm-hmm. If you consume it the right way, it doesn't make you fat. I work out a lot. Yeah. I try to run on daily basis, but I consume a lot of food also. I love food. What's your... Like a lot of people... Uh, dream of opening a restaurant. They think that they'd like, you know, they like a certain food, and they think, let's maybe I can open a restaurant. What is your strategy, and why do you think you've been successful um, growing? Like, tell me a little bit about your journey, like from the first restaurant you opened and how you've uh, strategized to oversee a kind of mini food empire. Okay, and, um, shortly, I started my career at the age of fourteen. I had the first experience uh, as a summer job in parallel to this with my studies. I enjoyed the restaurant business. I did some marketing studies at the university. I did not graduate because I was too busy working from a restaurant to another restaurant. My real career started in 98 with Roadster when they first opened. So it was like uh, my basic uh, experience. What were you doing at Roadster? I was running Roadster. I started, you were a manager? Yes. I was okay. started as filling the salad bar with the owner, whose uh-huh. name is also Donald. And then I started to run the place until we had four shops. Yeah. So I worked for seven years with Roadster. Then I joined Bubis just in front of your office at the Commodore. What is it called? Bubis Group, who have okay. Metropole, oh, yeah, yes, Piazza, yes, yes. The, the largest F&B group. Yes. Till 2009. And in 2009, because I used to travel a lot, and I used to eat at most of the restaurants, I noticed that burgers were the most sold item on the menu. Any restaurant, even it was Italian, they have a burger, Lebanese, they have a burger. That's a good point. Yeah, I noticed that the burgers were the most sold item. Even I had a flashback. When I was at Roadster, the burgers were the most sold item. When I was at Bubis, also. So I decided to open a burger place. And where is the best place to do some research besides the U.S.? So I took a chef that I believed in. 
and I promise him to be a partner with a me. A chef from the U.S.? No, a chef from here. From here. That I believe in uh, his uh, cooking. Yes. And I promise him to be a partner with me and two other guys who are good in marketing and branding. And we made a trip to the U.S. just to do some research on burger joints. And we noted that even in the U.S., burger joints were becoming more popular than before. Where in, at that time, 2009, people said that there's no more places for burger places and burger joints. Yeah. And then Beirut, we didn't have a proper burger place. So I told the guys, this is the right time to open Classic. We have to keep it extremely simple and classic. And that's why when you enter to Classic, you don't see any fancy decoration. It's just wood flooring, bricks on the wall, very few pictures of our trips that we did uh, the first time, and our kitchen, which is open, and simple ingredients. And that's how our journey started. And we were very lucky to have an amazing team. Since the day one till today, we have people who are who are extremely committed to deliver quality and uh, to deliver great service. And how soon after the first restaurant did you open? Actually, we board? opened April, 1st of April, April's Foods, 2010. Yeah. The first months we sold maybe around uh, 30, 40 burgers average a day. Second months we doubled and the third months we started to sell about 500 burgers Burgers a day. per day in one location? In one location. Oh my in, gosh. Uh, That's in a location that has incredible. 33 seats only. Three seats? 33 33 seats seats selling 500 burgers a day. Was it mostly in the restaurant? It was mostly in the restaurant. I didn't want to do delivery at the beginning because when you deliver food, you lose 50% of the quality. Yeah. What happened, since we don't deliver, people came in and said, okay, you don't want to deliver? Give us the food. Yeah. We'll take it, take away. Yeah. When you started to give takeaway, then people started to call, prepare me the burger and we're going to come take it. Uh So when people call, they don't, come on time. Mm-hmm. So the burger started to get cold and the fries started to get cold. Mm-hmm. So we had to redo the burger again. So instead of doing all this, we decided to go with the demand and we started delivery. And today delivery constitutes 50% of our business and the dining. But you still started. maintain that the quality of the food when you deliver, especially burgers and fries, goes yes. down significantly once it reaches its destination. Definitely. And but that's time. incredible. 500 burgers per day. Yeah. That's really amazing. Today, even the day we do 500 burgers, we have a celebration day. So whenever a store does 500 burgers, we remember the 2010. Uh, yeah. Does day. it happen often? It happens often, especially in uh, on holidays. Like now on, on 14th of August, we have a location in Kfardibien yeah. in the mountain. And you have the festivities of Eid uh, al And mm-hmm. we do 1,000 burgers a night wow. on the 14th of August. That's a lot of burgers. Yes. Per day. So, so how soon after the first location did you open a second one? Exactly eight months after mm, the first location, quickly. we opened the second location. Both were in 2010. In 2011, we opened two other locations. And in 2012, we opened two other locations, a total of six. And this is where we started to franchise. Our first franchise was in Kuwait. So I'm sure a lot of people have opened restaurants based on a similar premise, which is let's make something simple, maybe shawarma, burgers, but maybe they didn't do it so right and they went out of business pretty quickly. What do you think is your secret power that made you successful from the start? Actually, there is no secret. In FMB, it's like science. You need a good location. You need a great team. You need commitment on uh, quality and you need to price fairly your items and you have to make sure that at the end of the day your money will cover your expenses if you do these four or five points you definitely have a successful business so based business. on what you're saying anyone could go out right now and open a burger joint yes in a good location with all the things you've just listed exactly and strike gold if they hit the five points 
there's no way that you can fail. Okay. That's, Definitely that's an experience very, uh, on top of this. Yeah. And that's why if you notice recently, not even in Beirut, everywhere, we're seeing it in Kuwait, we're seeing it everywhere. You have a lot of new places that are opening. Actually, the demand is becoming uh, the, the demand is becoming less than the supply. You have a lot of restaurants, more than you have people. That's why if you notice in Beirut, we yes. have real numbers. Mm-hmm. The number of restaurants closing is half of the number of restaurants opening. Yes. So if a month, five restaurants op- open, only two closes. So the supply is growing. It's growing. So is there too much the supply? supply growing Can means you, is you there have still a lot room of... room on- for more restaurants, more fast food restaurants? Actually, in Beirut, yeah. it's almost saturated. And what about in the rest of the Middle East? Even we can feel it. What are the, some of the markets you think have a lot of uh, Kuwait, 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 Kuwait. What about Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia, I don't have really experienced Saudi Arabia. I did not open yet there. But I know that in Jeddah, it's growing also. But in Jeddah, you have a lot of supply. Yeah. Mm. Still room for... Uh, there's a lot of opportunities. In the Middle East. Mm. So what's next? Do you have any other ideas for uh, types of uh, restaurants? Actually, uh, continuously, we try to do new concepts. There is a famous restaurateur in the States who says, on 10 restaurants that open, only one succeeds. That's why I continuously open 10 at one time. You do? Not me. Oh, oh th- that guy. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, which so part did I miss we, we opened many, yeah. we had many ventures. We opened a very nice cafe in Beirut five years ago which was uh, amazing in terms of experience, decoration, value. It what did not it make money. It was called Café Diem. Okay. It did not make money. So we had to shut it down after two years of operation. We had a hot dog uh, concept called New York Hot Dog, selling hot dog at $1. Mm-hmm. It was working well, but did not make money enough to cover, uh, to make an expansion out of it. Okay. So we continuously try to see what is, uh, what we can do, something new. Do you but have the main, in mind main now? Fo- not yet, not yet. Waiting for some inspiration. Okay. Mm. And uh, what about with the uh, concepts you already have? Are you planning any new um, franchises? Or yes, locations? we continuously have. Uh, we're waiting to open in Egypt very soon. Egypt is yes. it the first one in Egypt? First well, not location? yet. We're still in, uh, in negotiation. It will be the first. Yes, in Cairo. it will be the first in Cairo. Mm-hmm. And the KSA definitely is a big potential under negotiation. We have Qatar that will not enter yet. Mm-hmm. We have few markets here in the region that we're trying to penetrate. It's very exciting. And the next step should be Europe. Oh, really? Yeah. Any specific cities? Not yet. Not yet. We have a lot of leads, but uh, nothing is concrete yet. Well, best of luck. All this talking about food has actually made me uh, super hungry. We should go grab a burger. Yeah, a quinoa burger. It's uh, two minutes away from Can I eat fries if I have a quinoa burger? Yes, why Because you said if you eat a, uh, like a meat burger, not you should avoid day. the fries. You can have fries today, tomorrow. After tomorrow, the fourth day, you can skip fries. Ah, uh, okay. That's the okay. classic <laughs> burger way. Got it. All right. Or we can order. You we deliver. will order. Hello, we'll order. <laughs> All right. It was uh, great meeting you. Thanks Thank so you, much Nadia. for joining us. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to do this outro really quick because I'm honestly really hungry. I'm going to head out and get me a quinoa burger around the corner. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and learned a little something along the way. Don't forget to subscribe on hakawadi.com and we'll see you next time.